0: Hello. Welcome back to Diagnosing a Killer, the fifth episode. Fifth episode. We're getting down to the. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, we're like practically famous.
1: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think, I think so too. like it's already gone to my head. Yeah. I'm famous.
0: And we're rich billionaires now. So, yep. I mean, maybe there's we're no too cool to for do, you guys. Yeah.
1: There's no need to do any more of these after this episode.
0: You know what? I think we're done. I think we're, we're done. Just throwing in the towel. We're gonna retire. We're t- retiring. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Before we get into the case, I just kind of want to really quickly touch, uh, there is going to be involvement of child murder and um, some pretty graphic things. Uh, The victim is very young, the killer is very young, and that's just a trigger warning. If you don't want to hear that, I'm going to talk about that. So this might not be the episode for you. Without further ado, I am going to just jump right into it. We're going to be talking about Maddie Clifton today. She is the victim and Josh Phillips is the suspect or the killer. Um, But first, I want to talk about Maddie, because she just seemed like an all-around badass of a little girl. So... How old was she? She was eight. Eight. Yes. So, um, just kind of going back to the day everything happened on November 3rd, 1998, Sheila Clifton, Maddie's mom, came home uh, from voting. It was actually election day, so she voted that day. She saw Maddie, and as she was coming home, Maddie was running out the door to go play. And she promised her mom, oh, I'll be back for dinner. Like, don't worry, I'm just going to go play with the neighborhood kids. Mm -hmm. Because they were all really close. And it was 98, so kids did that then. That's what you do (laughs) (laughs) in true 90s fashion. (laughs) Uh, So she was last seen actually hitting some golf balls, and then she actually returned home to grab some more, and then she went back out. She was playing... She's eight, and she's playing golf. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Just, like, for funsies. It's like, who... Introduce you to golf. That's not us. I mean, I played golf when I was eight with Dad. Right. But But when I went to go play with
1: the neighborhood kids, it was generally like riding bikes, not playing golf.
0: Yeah, right. So what (laughs) about us? So unfortunately, this time when she returned home to get more golf balls, that was the last time that she was seen uh, by her family. Mm. She did have an older sister and her dad was obviously there at the time as well. So Maddie, of course, deserves to be known for the good parts of her life. So I kind of want to go through just a couple of things that I read about her uh, she was known for being a little girl that could like really resonate with people, so mm. she was really bright. She was, like, really... Is she outgoing? Yeah, like, she wasn't afraid to have conversations mm-hmm. with adults, like, she just wanted to know she everybody. She had no stranger danger. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And she just loved everybody. She was friends with everybody. She always made the people that weren't, I guess, popular, kind of, she tried to go out of her way to, like, talk to them and mm. make them feel, like, you know, good. She had uh, brown hair and brown eyes and then a face full of freckles. So Aww. just, like, the cutest. I'll post a picture of her whenever we post this episode, and she was just the cutest little girl. She loved a lot of activities. These included piano, golf, basketball, and baseball. Oh, my so gosh. She played a lot of sports. Super She's active. multi-talented, yeah. Uh, all-around tomboy, and I love that because that was me. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, so it was mentioned that she could actually... It was someone just made a little comment about her after the fact. They're like, you know, she could be wearing a tutu one minute, and then the next minute she's digging in the dirt for worms. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just one of those little girls. Yeah, it's like a Junie B. Jones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I loved those books growing up. Oh, my God. Like, literally, when I went to middle school, I asked them, like, the librarian, I was like, do you guys have any Junie B. Jones? And she was like, this is middle school, honey. We don't carry those elementary books. And I was Ew. like, all right. <laughs> I like,
1: I'm 12. I'm so glad you're
0: reading. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, it's... Another account mentioned that when she would watch TV, she would actually, I love this so much, she would root for like the bad guy or the scary guy because she didn't like the idea of people being lonely or like feeling isolated. So she would be like, go bad guy, like I don't want you to be sad. You know, poor Frankenstein's monster. Literally. So pure. So, because of this mentality, like I said earlier, Maddie was friends with everybody. Uh, one of the people that she was frequently friends with, and you know, would always go out to play, was her across the street neighbor, fourteen-year-old Josh Phillips, Joshua Phillips. Okay. Uh Josh was much older than her, of course, but by all accounts, he wasn't as intel intellectually developed as a fourteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually read one report that said he was he had the brain of an eight-year-old or like the mental capacity of an mm-hmm. eight-year-old. That was never like diagnosed or anything, but yeah. he was just kind of a strange kid. Yeah. You know?
1: didn't really fit in he was stunted somewhere in his life probably. yeah
0: and mm-hmm. we'll we'll learn later that he was severely abused so i think I that see. might have something to do with yeah. it now of course josh had a rough childhood with an alcoholic father who would frequently abuse him and his mother um they were both terrified of his father steve phillips is his name and they hated living with him i mean of course i mean I would... why wouldn't you exactly like one does Uh, The father had a lot of really strict rules. He didn't like it when Josh had friends over, and weirdly, he had an extreme disliking for little girls. The father did? Yeah. I mean, I guess Mm. it's better than having an extreme liking for little girls, but, like... (laughs) Yeah. That's weird.
1: Still, yeah.
0: And Josh was an only child. Actually, I think I'm wrong. I think he had an older brother, but he Mm. didn't have a sister as far as I know. Yeah. So I don't know why... I don't know.
1: That's really interesting. Like, maybe it's... I don't know. Like, I don't know what the psychology behind that would be. Yeah.
0: Like, why would you... Maybe? Maybe? Maybe because they're weak, or... Well, I was gonna say... Because he's raised two boys,
1: and... I don't know. I'm
0: just speculating here, but maybe he, like, did have a liking for them, and he made... He thought that obviously knew that was a bad thought, so he was like, "Yeah, just stay away." Maybe he
1: just—it made him
0: uncomfortable. He turned it into anger instead Mm -hmm. of yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the guy. He's dead anyway. So when the Phillips family decided to move to Jacksonville, Florida, this is where this all took place. They moved, of course, into the house across the street from the Cliftons. Um, By all accounts. Many people around the neighborhood before this happened said that Josh was quiet, friendly, and well-liked by the neighborhood. I mean, Mm. nothing out of the ordinary. So he quickly became good friends with Maddie because, of course, she's just a loving little girl, you know, wants to make everybody feel included. Um, We're gonna go back to the day that she was last seen, November 3rd, 1998. Josh's father, Steve, was gone for the day. His mom was not home either. And he had a really strict rule. He didn't like him having friends over, but he had a really strict rule. When I'm not home and your mother's not home, when you're home alone, no friends over Mm -hmm. at all. Of course. I mean, I probably would say that to my 14 year old too. Yeah. And, uh, after leaving her house, Maddie actually walked over to the Phillips home and knocked on the door because that's what you did in the nineties. Can Kenna come play? That's Mm -hmm. what my friends used to always say. Um, she knocked on the door and Josh answered and she asked if he wanted to go play baseball. And he was like. Okay, like even though my dad said no, I can't have people over, he's like, whatever, I'll just go outside and I'll play baseball. Right,
1: you. yeah, because at least he's not breaking the rule that there's people inside the house. Yeah. So he's going to go but outside.
0: Kind of seems like his dad's like, don't hang out with don't, people yeah, when you're old. Yeah, don't leave. Like when you're, mm. yeah. So he went against his father's rules. He said yes, and they proceeded to play baseball together. So at some point during this game, Josh accidentally, by his words, accidentally hit maddie in the eye with the baseball by accident. I guess he was pitching and she was trying to hit whatever um of course this hurt and so she starts crying and she starts screaming apparently it was hard enough that she was bleeding yeah so i guess yeah i mean she had to have been hard enough she was bleeding so she starts scree- uh, screaming and crying maybe like broke her nose or, or she's bleeding from the nose maybe yeah maybe yeah. yeah so this freaked josh out he was like oh shit like not only am i not supposed to be out here hanging out with people now i've injured someone and my dad's definitely going to find out so he does what any logical 14-year-old would do and he drags her inside the house and hits her with a baseball bat to get her to be quiet
1: cuz he was maybe afraid she was going to say something to somebody or I don't know.
0: so during okay this was trigger warning this is bad he dragged her inside the house Later on, when when she is found, because unfortunately she does not survive this, um, she was naked from the waist down besides her socks. Josh claims that her pants and underwear both fell off as he was dragging her in the house, which Mm -hmm. you could have just picked her up, I'm pretty sure. Like, she's an Mm -hmm. eight-year-old. It was later determined there was no sexual assault that occurred, thank God. But when they looked at his records, he had looked up and watched porn before and after this whole attack. So wow. I think, personally, and I'm speculating that he intended to sexually assault her and but he couldn't. Couldn't yeah. he couldn't bring himself to do it, or maybe she was already deceased and he didn't want yeah. to, or mm-hmm. whatever. That's terrible to say. I literally have goosebumps because yeah. that's so disgusting. That is gross. So yeah, he dragged her inside the house, and this is when he claims that her, this is when her pants came off. So he gets her inside, she's still screaming, of course, she's still crying, upset. He hits her, I guess, on the head or in the face with his baseball bat in an attempt to get her to be quiet. Of course, this does not work, so he is then hitting her multiple times. There was not a clear number, some sources said once. some sources said a couple times. Mm-hmm. Either way, she was not she the unconscious. Uh-huh. The, yeah. yeah, she did not cry or scream anymore um so then the next thing that he does um is to put her bot or he thinks I guess she's dead at this point I'm not sure if he knows he had a water bed and so he removed the waterbed mattress and put her in there and then like covered her back up with the mattress hmm. or the waterbed
1: so put her body under in between essentially what would be like the like a I don't think that water beds have a box spring but like the, the frame the, the frame and, like
0: the platform of the bed mm-hmm and wow. waterbeds, I mean, you've been on one, they're really fluid, yeah. so it wouldn't really be that obvious that there was something right. underneath there, because it would kind of conform around. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, and of course, he's thinking this whole time, like, oh shit, not only did I injure this little girl, now she's in my house, and my dad definitely doesn't want that. Right. So what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to have to shut her up somehow, because if he comes home and she's screaming,
1: yeah, you know, mm-hmm.
0: and so then he, not to say this is logical thinking, but I'm assuming this is how he was thinking. Mm-hmm. And then he put her under the bed. He actually... His father actually just comes home, like, shortly after this. He actually goes downstairs and has, like, a full-on conversation with his dad. Just, like, nothing happened. Surprisingly, I don't know if the dad noticed or... He probably has blood on him, like, from something. Maybe. I mean, he's in his own house. He could probably wash up a change. That's true. Anyway, so they had this conversation, seemingly normal conversation. Well, then Josh went back up to his room and noticed that Maddie was groaning and grunting. She She's was alive. alive. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, so this is really bad. He heard this and obviously realized she was still alive. So he removed the mattress. He then cut her throat with a kitchen knife and stabbed her seven times in the chest. I want to like cry right now. It's so sad. Later on, he's like, I don't know what I was doing this and that and the other. Why do you have a kitchen knife in your room? You had a conversation with your dad in the kitchen, so he just swiped this thing on the way back up to his room? I thought you thought she was dead already, you know? Why... What is the... That's planned, you know? Yeah, definitely... It's definitely
1: planned. But like you said, if he's 14 and he has the mind of an 8-year-old, I mean, I know... I mean, we have a a niece that's 9, you know? I mean, and she tells white lies and fibs, you know, to get out of trouble... And maybe that's not unlike what he's doing. He's he's He thinks that no one is going to know. Like He thinks that yeah. it can't be figured out. And maybe that's where his, the impulse or the reaction kind of is disjointed from what's actually transpiring. Yeah. It made sense to him to hit her because she's crying, you know? And that's...
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, however... it becomes very clear later on, especially in his statements, he never was in a position where he didn't know right from wrong. And it's obviously very wrong to not, I can see maybe the baseball bat thing, like, oh my god, like, I gotta do something like panic mode. But then after the fact, you're having a conversation with your dad, and then you go back up to finish the job, that sounds bad, but for lack of a better term, that's, that's where it gets me, because I'm like, yeah.
1: And that's what I'm saying, it's disconnected from what clearly he thinks that if he tells that fabrication, that he doesn't think that he's going to get in trouble. He doesn't realize how easily it can be found out that, no, somewhere along the line, you grabbed a kitchen knife yeah. knowing what you were going to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, again, here playing devil's advocate here. If he was just afraid that her noises were going to wake them up, sorry, this sounds really bad. Why wouldn't you just like put a pillow or like something quiet? Stabbing someone and slitting their throat When they're literally looking at you Is very, very brutal like Yeah, that is... that's brutal, it's personal it's... Exactly yeah. mm-hmm. So that's where it kind of There's it's some like... type of a weird gratification from that Literally yeah. And then the fact that he watched porn after this Oh yeah That's, that's... Oh, I actually just got chills So unfortunately, Mad- Maddie uh, ultimately died from those wounds Now, the same day when she uh, has not returned home By 5pm, of course her parents start to get worried There's obviously cases where people don't come home and say, oh, they just ran away. An eight-year-old, very unlikely. And at this point, they called the police. They were like, we're not wasting any time. She said she would be home by dinner. She's not here. That's not like her. Mm -hmm. Like, I know my child. Yeah, she
1: seems like a very responsible girl. Yeah, exactly.
0: So upon learning that Maddie was indeed missing, law enforcement went ahead and opened a case. Um, It was reported that cops, reporters, and hundreds of people around the community came in the search for Maddie. Wow. Um, this included Josh, who joined the search for Maddie for seven days. Who? Knowing full and well where she was and what had happened to her. She was still... He hadn't moved her? Oh, no. Oh, no. She was still in his room? He continued to sleep on that mattress for the next week with her underneath it. And, like, I can see her face right now. It is bonkers. That's that's haunting, for sure. And... From a scientifical mind point, sounds gross, but there's decomp happening here. Yeah, yeah. And... And especially with that much blood
1: loss, blood has a very specific smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spe- even when it's fresh, it's yeah. a very specific smell. My son had a really extensive nosebleed once, and the smell in the carpet was, like... I mean, I went to town with it with, like, bleach and everything, and mm-hmm. it still had this very distinct smell. Yeah, it's, And like that's from least. a nosebleed. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, you know, a I I mean, a gallon's worth of blood. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's yeah. just, ugh. I know. And uh, ugh, I can't even imagine what like your mind has to tell yourself to like be able to, or what you have to think to like be able to sleep literally knowing that there's a, t- like, <laughs> I mean,
1: he's also 14. What 14 year old's
0: parents doesn't go in their room. Just wait. Oh no. So the search included, uh, everyone was scouring, like, the dumpsters and, like, the woods nearby for, like, any evidence. There was zero evidence in this case because, of course, all of it was under the bed. Like, there was no other evidence. No witnesses.
1: Exactly. There was only one crime scene. It's not like there were multiple crime scenes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, again, this has been a week later, November 10th is now the date, um, the Clifton's had just finished an interview with a reporter outside of their house because there was a bunch of people there. They had just finished an interview mm-hmm. when Melissa Phillips, Josh's mom, went into his room and noticed a giant wet spot on the floor next to his bed. Well, her first thought is, oh, the waterbed's leaking. Like, it's, obviously it's a waterbed, right? So she moved it to try to find the source and she was just hit with this like horrific smell. Ugh. And of course what she saw, like I literally have full body goosebumps that I cannot even fathom finding something like that. Yeah. Uh Melissa's a bad bitch because the first thing that she did was run straight across the street to the police that were right there talking to the Cliftons Amazing. and told them exactly what she saw and found.
1: Holy shit. Oh I literally
0: am cold right now while they're cons- in a news interview. They had just finished recording oh an interview. My God. And so she ran across the street. She told the police, "Well, Josh wasn't home. He was at school at the time." So, the police fucking went to the school and surrounded its ass and pulled oh him out God. of class to arrest him for this murder. Wow! How crazy Does would it have have been to be like a spectator to that? <laughs> like
1: I'm just fourteen. Your own
0: business in high school, just like literally. Yeah. No, he was in middle school oh, at the time. School, I think yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're he was right. Fourteen. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. So before this, thank- not thank God, of course, that's a terrible, tragic thing that happened, but um, Melissa was able to find this at the, just the right time, because they were actually honing in on a different neighbor that they thought had something to do with her disappearance. Oh, wow. And the only reason that they thought that he was- a, he could be a person of interest was that he actually failed two lie detector tests when it came to questions about his history of sexual battery. Oh. So and it didn't include what those questions were, and i don't not going to include yeah, his name. Yeah, not to this case at the moment, yeah. All, yeah. Mm. Either way, of course, after that, Josh was their top suspect, and this guy was like, go. Oh.
1: I mean, I would say, like, you know, this this guy that might have taken the fall for it. But
0: eventually, Josh was going to be found out. I mean, how do you cover like There's something no like
1: way. that up? There's no way. That
0: would have literally made the entire house smell, like, a couple days it, after Yeah, that. yeah. There's no way. Um, so when Maddie's body was found, like I said earlier, she was unclothed from the waist down with the exception of her socks. With this discovery, that's when police went to the school. So they, they figured out what was happening. They saw, you know, Maddie, then they proceeded to go to the school. They didn't just immediately go on, you know, Melissa's word. Yes. Um, so they brought him in for questioning and within two hours he gave them a full confession. So it was like pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Um, when he was arrested... The parents, oh, this is so sad, the parents of the children at the, of the school that Maddie attended all went to go pick up their kids, because mm-hmm. they found out what happened, and there was literally witnesses that saw these children, like, sobbing, like, with their parents, like, trying to console them, because they pulled them out of school early, because they found this out, of course, in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just so awful. Oh, and a few years later, Josh was actually noted as saying, um, even though he made no conscious effort to, he kind of ignored what had happened like he just kind of tried to disassociate. Mm-hmm. He said that uh, during his childhood when things got really bad he would take himself out of the situation and like pretend like it wasn't happening and so he said that he ultimately like did the same thing during this. Yeah it became a coping mechanism. And that's yeah. that was his explanation on how he was able to sleep on the bed for that long. Mm. So kind of hard to ignore. That's yeah. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. So we're gonna go to the trial now. Um So due to the severity of the crime Josh was actually gonna be tried as an adult. His trial was actually moved to a different county because they they moved it to Polk County because the amount of media in Jacksonville was just so much. Right. They wanted to kind of have like a little yeah, more of a secluded. Included. It's I mean well within his rights to have a
1: have a non biased jury. So. Of course. Yeah.
0: Um. So he was actually convicted of first degree murder, and by the jury. And on August twentieth, nineteen ninety nine, he was sentenced to life without possibility of parole. Shit. At fourteen. At 14. Well, 14 when he committed the crime. Well, he he was 15 at this time, so it was like a year later. Um, He was not eligible for the death penalty because the minimum age for the death penalty in Florida is 16, which is bonkers to me that it's 16. Still 16. That's so young. That's baby. Yeah. Um, It's noted that Josh didn't stand much of a chance at his trial, and this is very interesting to me. The defense actually didn't call any witnesses on his behalf. What witnesses
1: would they would have had? Maybe his
0: parents? Maybe to like advocate for him? Yeah.
1: Or I guess like character witnesses. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But get this. Melissa, the mom, later said that she did not agree with how his defense attorney, uh, his name was Richard D. Nichols, handled the case. But apparently Steve, the dad, told the attorney to do whatever he thought was best. So the dad is still a piece of shit. (laughs) He's like, yeah, "Yeah, take it. I don't care. Like, pretty much. Prosecutor Bernie de la Rionda She's now retired, but she was the prosecutor in this case. She said about the trial, quote, This was a devastating murder that will forever be in the memories of anyone in Jacksonville at the time. Historically, it was one of the most horrific murders. There is no doubt about that. Because it, that's terrible. Yeah, like,
1: and then her age alone makes that just heartbreaking. I mean, not it's heartbreaking when it happens to anyone. Of course. You know, it's terrifying, but so young and so ambitious and had a lot of different avenues that her life could have gone, yeah. given the fact that she was so talented.
0: So this is still the prosecutor, quote, everyone was talking about it. When you've got a missing girl and this missing girl turns out to be dead, I don't think there was anyone who didn't know about this or who wasn't praying for her or attempting to find her. Awful. Now, in the year 2000, so a couple of years later, Josh's father Steve actually died in a car accident uh, just one year after the trial. Oh no. It seems like it was alcohol related. Wow. Um, yeah. Maddie's parents also went through divorce, unfortunately, probably Mm. due to stress of this whole situation. And in 2002, an appeals court actually held up the same conviction. So a couple years later, they're like, nope, you're still life in prison without possibility. You're still a murderer. Yeah. In 2004, Melissa, Josh's mom, began seeking a new trial, believing that his age at the time of the murder should have been taken into consideration. Uh, At the same time, two officials that were involved in his sentencing said that they were also having second thoughts about the conviction, Mm. which... If it was my child and the, the crime was that graphic, I'd probably be a, the same thing that Melissa's doing. Like, my son was fourteen. You know, you have to you have to at least consider that in the right. trial yeah. instead of just the crime itself, which. Unfortunate, but people do. Uh, and so, in 2005, new hearing dates were actually set for Josh, with the goal being to have just have the charges at least reduced to second degree murder, so that the death penalty be off the table and parole was an option. Later. They can't
1: just take the death penalty off, like, and say that it was first degree, or
0: does first degree because of the savage nature of the crime. Well, it's they didn't. Automatically remember, they didn't sentence him to death. It was just, still, I guess, it was still up in the air. Maybe oh, once oh, he turned right. 16, maybe they were like, let's redo a retrial, and maybe they could do it then. So to reduce his life sentence because of his age pretty much yeah so and and then if they did get if they were successful in getting second degree then he might have the possibility of parole after like 40 years or something
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so this is 2008 now Josh was asked to write an apology letter to the Clifton family but he declined and when asked why he said that he wanted to apologize in person and he thought that a letter wouldn't uh, show his sincerity mm. so he really does feel bad about this I'm not saying any anything I don't feel bad for him you know he did what he did but it's clear that he is very yeah. broken up about that he's remorseful. Um, however, Maddie's mom, Sheila, said that she did not want to see him in person, even for an apology. She's like, sorry, but yeah. no. Rotten hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say, like, get fucked, but I'm trying not to say fuck so much because <laughs> mom said... Kenny, you said fuck way too much in the first episode. <laughs> People aren't going to want to listen to that. Fuck. Fuck. I'm leaving that in there. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not> gonna... <laughs> I'll take that. i take, that. <laughs> take, that,
1: take that. <laughs> okay.
0: um, The Supreme Court later made a ruling that stated this is like a new law that stated that sentencing juveniles to a mandatory sentence of life without parole is unconstitutional. So now they have to have a retrial, or not a retrial, but a resentencing because they did something unconstitutional. Now it wasn't then, but it is now. So in 2017 there was a resentencing but the judge still upheld Josh's life sentence because he is now over the age of 16 obviously. This
1: is almost 20 years later. Mhm. Wow.
0: Uh, he actually had an appeal in 2020 but was also denied and he's actually still in prison today. He's 37 years old. Still in prison. He's literally been raised in prison as an adult.
1: I was going to say that's more than half of his life at this Mm -hmm.
0: point. During one of his hearings, uh, I think this is one of the resentencing hearings, Sheila Clifton, Maddie's mom, spoke out, and she was noted as saying, quote, We were raising our girls. This literally gave me the heaves quote we were raising our girls in a Christian home where we prayed every day what we didn't know was that the devil himself had moved in right across the street the same devil that picked up his flashlight and proceeded to look for her knowing good and well where she was the whole time full bod cheebs seriously (laughs) that was chills and heebs if you didn't get that (laughs) it (laughs) it sounded like I was talking about weed (laughs) the cheebs (laughs) it was the heebies and the jeebies all of them
1: ugh I know.
0: Um, she also told Sheila also told the judge during his resentencing hearing, quote, the defendant now wants a second chance to live a second life. What does Maddie get to appeal her death sentence to? Damn, Bow, bow. Mike drops Sheila. Crazy. What a bad Damn, bitch. Sheila She also was quoted as saying, quote, Should he ever get released from prison, I pray that I will no longer be on this earth. Yeah. Damn, this girl's got it all. I know. Ugh. She's just Whew. a mom that is that's mom a, that's shit yeah. now uh, I mentioned earlier that Maddie had an older sister mm-hmm. Jessie so I want to talk about her for a little bit because she had kind of a, a rough go of it afterwards of course like mm. anybody would uh, now she got a chance to speak out as well at these trials and she was noted as saying quote when I needed somebody to talk to there was nobody nobody understood me There are days when I go to the cemetery and I sit down in the grass because I don't have anybody else to talk to, so I talk to her in the ground. Uh, She was also noted when talking about her parents that, quote, everything stopped when my parents divorced. She mentioned that her dad shut down uh, while her mom wanted to talk about it, so they had two different ways of grieving, and it it really was not a good thing. Uh, Shashila, the mom, moved out. She moved in the same neighborhood but to a different house because she did not want to be in that house across the street from the Phillips. I don't blame her. Uh, when talking about the house, Jessie said that her dad moved out, but that she's still living there and is in the process of buying it from him, actually. So she's gonna buy the childhood home with- she was quoted as saying, it's always been my home. So the same house that they grew up in together. Um, Also, it's worth mentioning, just to see and show how much of an amazing person Jessie is, she was actually noted as, like, consoling and hugging josh's mom at one of the trials because she said in her own words that they both lost somebody in that because not Mm -hmm. only did maddie lose her life but josh you know josh's mom lost a son as well because she doesn't have contact with him even though it's not the same thing she understood that which is, like, really sweet. Seems like these parents did a really good job raising their daughters. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Especially, like, Sheila's she a bad bitch. Right? Like, hell yeah.
1: She birthed some badass
0: bitches, too. <laughs> Seriously. Going back to the, you know, the trial and stuff, I said that he did a number of, like, resentencing trials, especially after that um, different differentiation in laws in 2017. His case was actually one of 80 that were, like, making their way back to do a resentencing because they were all involved in that, like, younger than 16- Life conviction or whatever. Okay. So they were making their way back to the Fourth Judicial Circuit after this, uh, you know, su- Supreme Court said that it was unlawful, you know, to do this and that and the other. Um, and the reasoning behind this is that th- they're backing up of why they don't want this to happen is because uh, they said that science shows that the brain is not fully developed until the mid twenties. Yeah, everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. And their statement was that an underdeveloped brain can make a person irrational and impulsive. Yeah, that's every teenager ever. Of course. So Mm -hmm. that's not... I'm sorry. I was irrational and impulsive when I was 14, too. That doesn't mean that I'm doing shit like this. You didn't have a body under your mattress. Seriously. So we're going to go back just a little bit when Josh was 33. So this was four years ago. We have a quote from him. Uh, Quote, I had no clue what life meant, what death meant, nor the depths of suffering that would follow one act. I had no inkling of how long suffering could last. I have lived long enough to understand what suffering really was. I did something horrible, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Even now, after all these years, it is just so unfathomable that all of this could have occurred. It tears my mind to know that I stole such a precious life from you, from the world. I wish I could take away your pain. And it's like, I want that to sound genuine so bad, but then it's like, do you feel badly for doing that, or do you feel badly that you're stuck here in prison? I think think that there's a lot
1: of weight to... And a lot that can be said about somebody that's, again, growing up in a prison system, yep. where he's automatically exposed, and I'm sure he didn't go to juvie. He went mm-hmm. to prison, at fourteen, fifteen, fifteen or sixteen. Well, years they tried old. him
0: as an adult, so
1: yeah. <clears throat> and so he's he's exposed to, men who have, made, potential careers out of harming people, yep. or and to really make a decision then then and there, like am I this kind of a person or am I not? Yeah. And and I I, I do kind of think that there's weight to, to what he said, that maybe he didn't realize the magnitude of what that meant. Yeah. Um, he just knew that he was in a pickle and
0: tried to fix it, quote yeah. unquote. Fix yeah, I the agree situation. with that. I also, I kind of have the belief system. I mean, of course, there's a lot of exceptions to this, but, you know, prison is not there for punishment. It's there for reform. It's not meant to, I mean, of course, again, some people, yes, In a perfect world. (laughs) Rot. In a perfect world, Um, it's for reform. Yes. Um, And unfortunately, that doesn't happen all the time, but I don't believe that it can't happen, you know? And especially, we're talking about his age, he was so young, now he's almost 40, like, maybe there is, maybe he is a different person, you know? Mm. And there was actually a couple people that have testified on his behalf, not testified, but, you know, advocated for him saying that they don't believe that if he was released, he would be a danger. Mm. So, I don't know. Um, A well-known psychologist from Chicago, his name is James Garbarino, testified during this time at at the retrial that he believes that Josh is truly remorseful. He said that at 14, Josh suffered from the psychodynamics of his family, and he had a father who was emotionally and verbally abusive with a mother who suffered from depression. So, I mean, that's not an easy...
1: It's not, like, that's not an easy situation. You know, I'm we've been fortunate not to grow up in an environment like that, but I have lots of friends growing up that did. Yeah. And there's still dealing with ramifications Mm -hmm. of what happened when they were kids. And I don't think that parents, much like Josh didn't recognize in the moment that he was doing, he probably knew he was doing something wrong. Yeah. But he didn't realize the magnitude of it. I think parent, no, there's no perfect parent. I'm not a perfect parent. There's probably things that I'm doing today that I will regret doing, you yeah. know, um, when my son is older. Um, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. And I I do think that even bad parents, if you want to call them bad parents, um don't realize that they're raising someone to be an adult one day. yeah. And um I think that's a like a kind of a hard thing to swallow.
0: Just a couple more things. <laughs> the psychologist described Josh as a teenager who was socially isolated and estranged. He was quoted as saying he didn't feel connected to positive experiences as an average teenager. He had feelings of hopelessness, despair, despair, possibly suicide, which is not surprising given the psychologically abusive treatment by his father. Before the resentencing hearing, actually, Josh said that he would like a second chance, but he was unsure if he deserved one. And he was quoted as saying, quote, maybe I deserve to die in prison. This resentencing remained the same with life, but in 2023 he'll be eligible for another appeal or resentencing. Mm. I don't remember which one it was.
1: I do find that interesting that that quite a few people, and we we have, I think we talked about that with um, Wong's case, um, the one that we did, that people that tend to feel suicidal can, can turn homicidal. And I think that's that's pretty interesting. It's like they feel this pain and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, they mostly want to take it out on themselves, but, you know,
0: maybe they're scared to. It's and they, easier it's to take it out on themselves To do it to someone else, you yeah. know? Yeah. Now, Josh didn't have any diagnosed mental illness, and I don't want this to be a... Well, they're doing a podcast about mental illness, and then they're doing all these cases where they're not mentally ill, because, again, everybody's story deserves to be told. And I actually think it's kind Kind of fun and interesting to try to. Of course, I don't have the credentials. I'm not a scientist or a psychiatrist, but to try to maybe, from my viewpoint of it, maybe determine or you know speculate about what he could have been diagnosed with had he gotten the proper treatment. So I'm going to talk about that for just a second. This is just me doing my own research. This is this doesn't hold holds no weight. It's just my speculation. So if I could diagnose him with something, I would probably relate it most closely to depersonalization, derealization disorder. Now, this involves an ongoing or episodic sense of detachment or being outside yourself, which is exactly what we've seen, observing your actions, feelings, thoughts, and self from a distance as though you're watching a movie. That's the depersonalization. Other people and things around people that have this disorder may feel detached or foggy or even dreamlike. And time may be slowed down or sped up, and the world may seem unreal. That's the derealization part. Um, people experience depersonalization, derealization, or both, and symptoms that can be profoundly distressing can only last a few moments or can come and go over many years. So, that to me seems pretty similar to what he was exper- like, explaining when he said that he kind of ignored it, he didn't think about it, it went away, you know, like not yeah, I agree. realizing what's yeah. happening.
1: Yeah. I, for sure. When he was talking about it's, it's in the evidence. The evidence is, is that he thought that he could hit her that, and then once, you know, he had battered her, that he could cover it up under his mattress at 14. I don't think that's the mind of somebody who really thought any of it out. Yeah. I really do think it was now, you know, you talk about the knife and things like that, 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 that scenario might've been different, but he was already way deep, you know? Um, but it's not like he, he tried to he could have just dragged her to a field outside. He didn't yeah. have to drag her inside. Of course. And I think that in his mind, he was like, okay, next, one step at a time. Yeah. It's just in the moment. It's not... And so that's what I'm saying. is it, That's that's definitely the mind of, a, even in my opinion, not the mind of a, a mature 14-year-old.
0: Yeah.
1: It does sound like, like a child. It mm-hmm. sounds like some somebody... You know, you wet your pants, and you're trying
0: to hide it real quick. Yeah, so your you mom. Stuff it, see it under your, your bed. Stuff it under your yeah. Stuff it under your bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, well, it does. It actually does. Uh, you know, go without saying, of course, that the crime was very brutal. However, I don't believe that he should have been charged with first degree murder because first degree murder, the biggest biggest thing about it is um, premeditation, and. I don't believe that he was like, okay, when Maddie comes over, I'm going to accidentally hit her with the ball, and then I'm going to... You know, I think it was second degree, because that's after the fact. You're not planning it. However, what holds the most weight is that kitchen knife. Yes. You don't just have a kitchen knife in your room. That thing Mm -hmm. is huge. You don't need that in your room. If it was, like, a tiny knife, maybe. That is what, like, really resonates with me, is that, like, I don't believe that he intended to hurt her at all in the beginning. However what ultimately killed her was the, the stabbing and the slitting of her throat with that knife that after the fact he grabbed, yeah. you know? Yeah,
1: this is also, um, you know, again, when you talk about the abuse that the father, you know, that he was subject to, to his father's abuse, um, we don't know what kind of a household they had, you don't know um, again
0: if he's talking about the fact that he felt suicidal. He might have had knives in his room. That is a very good point. Or maybe he was maybe he had it in his room to defend himself from his dad. Maybe he was planning on you hurt know my dad his to hurt dad. Me. Yeah. Huh. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: Wow. Because now when I'm imagining this kid's like room, I'm thinking there's like probably like old to go boxes and like you know <laughs> like laundry that hasn't been done it and stanky. it probably smells like a foot anyways and like. You know, because it's probably, deal, I mean, just, but... you
0: know. All right. Well, thank you for being here today. We had kind of a little bit of trouble getting the um, microphone situation set up. So you haven't heard any of this as it's been going on. You've just been talking. So it's you'll true. have to listen back. What's kind of funny is I don't think we tested it. So we'll just have to see. Oh, no, if... I can hear you perfectly okay. clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, well, we're going to come back uh, very shortly. I think we're actually going to have two episodes coming out this week. And so we're going to have this one. And then right afterwards, we're going to have another one. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Diagnosing a Killer. You can also tweet at us, at Killer Diagnosis. And I've said this every episode, but I will have an email set up for you guys to email us and give us any feedback, extra comments. Like we always say, if we left anything out, if any of our information was incorrect, please tell us. We like to be accurate on the things that we're putting out. Of course, we put a lot of our speculation in there as well, but... Anything that, or if you want to add something, or if you have a case of your own, maybe it's like a hometown case you want us to cover. Please, like, let us know, and we'll, we'll definitely do our best to shuffle through those, all of the ones that are going to be coming in from all five of you. <laughs> I think it's like six or
1: seven
0: now. Oh, well, only gained a few people in the last week. Hey, maybe I should put a disguise on when I go outside. Or we're going to get the rotzi over here. Oh, right. I know. I need to get some, some new sunglasses. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much. We hope you keep listening to us and maybe we'll have Coel on again because you all seem to really like her. I like being here. <laughs> She's just smiling over here. I like being here. It's fun. All right. Until next time. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.